once you've done a lot of the deep work with ayahuasca, you can do ceremony after ceremony and there's nothing, there's not really much personal coming up anymore. That's when you're really ready to train and focus on helping others. You are harming others out of ignorance, out of thinking that you are some superior person. Therefore, people put yourself into your care and you are not in that position to provide that. You go back to the ceremony and you get the exact same message. To me, is a, a good sign of you didn't really really do your homework. That's a missed opportunity because if you do your homework, you go back, you'll get different insights, different lessons. You progress further. It amplifies both of our aspects, the shadow and the light. If you don't deal with your shadow aspects, you don't do that shadow work, that integration work, those aspects will be magnified. Hello and welcome back to our podcast, Ayahuasca CC Therapy. And I'm back here with Alex, who you already know from several previous episodes. And today we we're going to talk about the pitfalls of the integration, especially relating to mother ayahuasca and just seeing in our practice, like lots of people um, going through this type of journey. You know, we have some couple of points that we think is worth sharing with you guys. So to make sure that you make the most out of your experience and you are aware what you are going into and what you need, you know, to take that best out of your experience. And what are those red flags? or possible pitfalls, uh, areas of vulnerability where you most likely to fall off or sidetrack or reverse back into your old habits. So I'm excited to dive into that. Welcome, Alex. Hi, thank you, Nina. Nice to see you again. And yeah, I'm curious to know what you think. So let us know in the comments about your thoughts um, as we are going along. Uh, with our conversation. So um, yeah, I think it's it's worth talking about it because integration is such a huge part of the process. And for me personally, it was the part where really the magic happened. I mean, I had, you know, moments in ceremonies that were outstanding moments or meaningful moments or something like that. But really, to create change in my life, to create positive change that, that, you know, changes things for real and not just, you know, in the ceremony, that that's what happened in the integration. And I think that uh, if you are not aware of this, that you most likely to skip this part of the process, right? So Alex, what do you think, what is kind of the most common mistake that, that people commit, you know, in the integration process? Well, I think, um, Probably the most common is a um, a drive to do go back to ceremony immediately. You know, I had this wonderful experience. It was so powerful. I loved it. I want to come back right away. And and certainly my first time drinking, my first retreat, I had that same feeling. I was like, I just want to keep doing this and doing this, and and I want to come back immediately. Um, but that isn't necessarily the best way to go, and it doesn't. You short circuit. You shortcut that that integration process. That's really important. Um, and I think it's also a little bit of, uh, kind of Western culture of more is better, you know, drink more higher doses, um, you know, drink as much as possible, keep coming back. But I think what you said, uh, you know, you put it beautifully that the magic really happens in the integration because that the whole point of this is to improve our lives, not to, you know, just have a, a wonderful ceremony. It, otherwise it's just kind of entertainment. The, the point is to have a transformation healing, growth, learning in, in, in our lives and, and to live our lives differently and to change as people. 
Um, that's what medicine is all about. So if you're not giving that space or time, um, you can really short circuit that that integration that that is important. And um, you know, I usually recommend people give it at least a few months. You know, um, even if you feel very called to come back, give it a few months, give it some space, give it some time. Um, and people who don't do that, I have seen this, who who like turn into regular drinkers. It's easy to have that become your life or people kind of get lost down, especially in the Amazon. They like want to move down there and diet all the time and drink. And they're not really integrating their experience and, and, and it can easily turn into a way of avoiding dealing with their actual life, you know, and, and that's where spiritual bypass um, happens. And so, yeah, really important to give yourself that time. Yes, that's that's so true. Um, it's 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 very true what you said that a lot of people called feel called to go back over and over again to sit in ceremony. And we talk often about that ayahuasca after glow that most people get that type of high about yeah. four to six eight weeks after, and that's normally the period when people feeling <laughs> interestingly the call to go back for another ceremony right and and that's the point when you start to go into that shadow work that you're talking about and yeah you you need to make a conscious choice and decision to do that because we naturally instinctually don't want to go there of course so um, it, it's funny that I was reflecting back of my experience and it was the opposite because <laughs> my first theater in Peru I didn't want like after three ceremonies I was like no no more <laughs> no no take it away from me take me home to mommy I don't know it's it it was something very intense for me you know and and I definitely didn't feel you know that I want to have more but after my dieta, you know in my process before I understood anything about integration I, I did commit this mistake that you are talking about that, oh, I don't feel good. And my expectation is to feel great and everything will be perfect, happily ever after. And I don't feel that. So I need more of this. I need more medicine. I need more ceremony because I, I didn't get that yet, you know. And that's that's a false assumption, you know, that I made because I didn't understand how to work with this plant spirit and um and this this you know got to a point for me personally when within a short period of time I had many ceremonies and the lack of integration resulted in like a like a, a breakthrough breakdown kind of situation kind of like a dissolution of identity or spiritual emergence that could have turned very easily into a spiritual emergency if I don't have certain tools already and if I don't have some people who were able to support me during that time so yeah it's it's it this is for real and this is very important that um you you keep time between and I would say if it's your first time then six to twelve months that's that's what I'm I would suggest you know before you you think about another ceremony and another point here I think is that if you always you, you go it with an intention of healing awakening whatever learning you know is your intention and then I feel that when we keep going back that that demonstrates a total lack of trust 
in yourself, in the process, in the medicine, because this is you saying, okay, like, I don't trust that I, I receive that. It's like, you know, when you order something online and you just keep pressing the the order button and, and you are disregarding that your order was taken, it's on the way, it's being delivered to you and that will take some time. So I often think about it this way as well. And of course, this like, there can be exemptions from this. For example, if you are training to be somebody who is serving the medicine, that would be a, a big exemption out of this rule. But in general, if you are going for your own therapy purposes, then definitely uh, have a lot of space between ceremonies. And the whole purpose of this is not to need any more ceremonies. So if you are going to the direction when you need more and more ceremonies, you are missing the point here. <laughs> what do you think, Alex? Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the, the point is exactly that, is to, to heal and grow and learn so that we can live our lives and we don't need constant infusions of, of medicine. And, you know, in terms of the, the training, uh, I would also say, especially in the beginning, you're the, the individual would be better served still having integration. I think once you've done a lot of the deep work with ayahuasca, um, then you can do ceremony after ceremony and there's nothing, there's not really much personal coming up anymore, right? To me, that's when you're really ready to train and focus on helping others. But that could be a long period of doing your own work, even while you're training or apprenticing, you still are doing a lot of it is, I mean, that is a lot of the apprenticeship is clearing out all your personal stuff, all the stuff that gets in the way of connection with the medicine of being able to channel the medicine of being able to attend to other people. And you do need integration for that. And people who don't do that, it, I think you can have a really hard time um, when there is a break or when there is a pause, it can hit you all at once. And then also it doesn't give you the time to work on yourself. Um, and so the, the pitfall there is that it can actually strengthen negative sides of yourself because you're not working on it. So the medicine just keeps growing in you and like it, it, it you know, it strengthens your, your personhood, if you will. Um, but you're not addressing the shadow. You're not addressing the parts that need to be addressed. So those will be there and they'll have more force behind them. And so they can actually be more problematic. And I have seen that, you know, even with like very developed, um, you know, ayahuasqueros and, and shamans. Yes, this is so true. And uh, before we go into this, this, this huge area, I want to ask our audience to, to let us know, like, how long do you think you need to integrate an ayahuasca experience? And what did you do to integrate your experience? Or if you're preparing, what you are preparing to do after? And do you know what are the things that you should do? So let us know in the comments. And <clears throat> coming back to... <clears throat> Or question, I think it's really important what, what you shared, Alex, and, and this type of spiritual bypassing for, for people to understand that the medicine is not good or bad, because I think a lot of people feel that, oh, it's a benevolent spirit and nothing bad can come out of it, so to say. And I, I mean, it's like, you know, we can't go into what is bad really means, but you understand my point here. It's really uh, an amplifier, as you said, it amplifies both of our aspects, the shadow and the light, the good and the bad things, if you want to say that. 
and uh, and and if you don't deal with your shadow aspects you don't do that shadow work that integration work then those aspects will be magnified right so many many times people uh, uh, the medicine magnifies people ego and narcissistic tendencies is very very common you know this is this is one way of spiritual bypassing is you you're not doing your own work your own shadow work and then other aspects of your psyche get get magnified and and you get into this like um delusion Delusion. that you don't have to work you you are beyond that work that you let go of everything you the medicine told you that you don't don't have to do anything now you don't have to drink you don't have to come you are like anointed you are perfect and and now you are qualified to tell others what to do and and to create different programs you know for to guide people and to lead people uh, so and and this happens very often i just released a video on social media about this that most people uh, come out of the sermon like the majority of the people think that okay the ayahuasca told me that i have to move to south america and open a retreat center and and that's my life purpose so it's an overwhelming amount of people who seem to have this life purpose and guess what is very very small percentage who actually does you know manifest that or creates that because oftentimes uh we we take it very literally you know what we what what we experience in the ceremony or we project our own desires and it's not really the guidance that you are receiving but it's really your own you know wishes and desires that you are projecting but you you cannot tell the difference you cannot discern between the two so and i think that um when you are doing the spiritual bypassing it can be dangerous because you can harm others so it's not the case that you are intentionally harming others but it's a case of you are harming others out of ignorance out of thinking that you are some superior person and 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 therefore you know people put yourself into your care and and you are not you know really in that position to to provide that and that can can lead to harm harming other people so uh also when you don't do your own shadow work uh and you are you have your own personal wounds you are uh, more vulnerable to intrusive energies and attacks and influences because those are points of vulnerability for us so the best protection is your healing and doing your own job and to make sure that you stay on that path of the light and the heart otherwise you can be very easily sidetracked from that without even you knowing it i think that's very true and um the people who are um, going down a path of wanting to, you know, train to serve the medicine and, and uh, become ayahuasca facilitators who um, don't do that, don't do that personal work and are in that kind of egoic delusion are actually the most dangerous people. They can cause the most harm. Um, and so it's really important that you you do your own work. It's it's just, it's absolutely necessary. And, you know, it's that's the truth in any healing tradition, even in like traditional psychotherapy, when you go into training to become a, a therapist or a psychologist, they often, the, the program or the school often require you to do your own therapy in the process. And the whole training is also in, involves looking at yourself and what comes up for you when you're helping others. And 
that's necessary because if you don't do that, all of your own personal stuff is going to spill out in the field between you and your client and people you're helping. So I think that's a, a universal principle, but in ayahuasca, it is magnified because of the power of the medicine and the amplification that happens in ceremony. Yes, it is so true. Uh, one of my best friends, uh, we went to school together, elementary school, and she became clinical psychologist. So she went more clinical academic route. And uh, they have years and years of analysis when you have to go to like three or four times a week to therapist. I didn't even know that that's so hardcore. I mean, it's very, very, yeah, very big emphasis on obviously doing your own work. And we don't have this type of checks, you know, in the plant medicine world. Like, how do you know if that shaman, if that people who serve did their own work or not? I think the only way to know is to to know the person and 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 to to know the person by reputation and mm. what they did, you know, in the past and how they are regarded in their community where they live. That's why I like to work with people who I, you know, preferably the community that I live in, right? That yeah. I know them and their reputation and and all of that because uh, I think that's the the only real way to really measure if that person is walking the talk or you know embodying really what they are standing for what they are talking about definitely that's a really good recommendation that you want someone that's embedded in the community and that is regarded well and that has a good reputation within the community yeah. Let us know if uh, if you ever felt after an ayahuasca ceremony that you need to open a center in Peru and help others with the medicine. And let us know if you if you did that. Yeah, if maybe it's a success story, and then you wanna we wanna have you on the podcast. So, yeah. Um, another thing that I wanted to mention in terms of possible pitfalls is uh, making huge decisions after the ceremony. And uh, I normally advise my clients in my ayahuasca assisted therapy program, which is longer than a year. It's actually one year, three months program where we have three months preparation. It's one year integration. And I advise them not to make a big life-changing decisions during that time, if possible, which I mean like divorce, selling my house, quitting my job, moving to another country and things like that. Because, um, you know, at the beginning of the process, the first couple of months, especially, there is a lot of moving pieces, right? And there is a lot moving through your system, your psyche, and oftentimes, and, and you get many ideas, you know, and, and it's true, like I, I receive, like, I have a whole separate book for that journal to keep those ideas and a lot coming through and you feel, wow, this is great. This is what I really want to do. I feel excited about that. But like a week later, like you totally forget that you even wanted that. So it's kind of a, a part of the process when you are emptying and processing a lot of things that are moving through you. And it's not necessarily means that that you have to act upon everything that that is moving through you. And I uh, my experience is that 
when when it's something is really for you to act upon like a type of guidance you know for your path uh, that those things will keep coming back yeah if your purpose is really to open that center and 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 dedicate yourself to them that that will come and come to you over and over again until you do it so uh, you're not gonna miss out you know fear of missing out FOMO you're not gonna get have to be afraid of that because if it's something truly for you a message or a guidance that that will keep coming to you until you understand or you notice uh, what do you think you know what kind of negative consequences people can get if if they act upon this type of ideas uh, shortly after the ceremony Alex yeah I mean I think um, you know if there's urgency a feeling of urgency to me that is a sign to wait you know it's, it's actually the opposite right the that feeling of I have to do this right now I feel urgency around it that usually is the amplification and the intensity of the of the medicine the altered state things feel very salient and very important and very visceral right after ceremony um, but you're best served by giving it time even if it's something small wait till the urgent feeling dies down then you can decide you'll be in a little bit more of a balanced place because we're we're not always in the most balanced place after a ceremony especially if we've done you know several ceremonies we might still be you know, in the afterglow, as you said, um, we might still be very sensitive, we might still be very open, and that is not the best place to make, uh, to take those actions, to take those steps. So um, what can happen is you, you, you act on that urgent feeling and you tell that person, you know, or you make that change or you have that meeting with your boss and it's premature and then you feel um, overexposed or it ends up causing an issue. Um, so you're just better off waiting and le letting it settle. And for the big like life issues, like you mentioned, definitely wait at least several weeks. And I, I agree with you hundred percent that it will keep coming back. If it's, if it is um, something that needs to be addressed, it'll, the message, the, the, it'll come up over and over again until you do. So that's not to say to sit on your hands. Um, you should be really thinking about it, reflecting on it. You engage with it, but you don't have to act on it right away. And sometimes waiting a few weeks, it might look differently. Maybe the change that you need to make um, shifts a little bit, right? The emphasis is different, or maybe it's not what you thought. And actually, instead of, you know, completely ending a relationship, it's actually more of a conversation, or maybe you need to advocate for something else, not, um, you know, end the chapter. Um, and the, the really the only way to know that for sure is to have that time and that space and not, not rush into things. But obviously we feel a strong feeling to rush into things after ceremony. So it's, it's understandable, but the, the best guidance is really to just let, let it simmer, sit with it, reflect on it. And yeah, give it a few, at least a few weeks. I mean, when, in the process that you're doing, that is this year long course that's supposed to be, you know, personality shifting and changing, and there's a lot of work being done, then yeah, you're better off waiting, you know, till after that process is complete. Yes, yes, so true. Uh, another thing came to my mind that uh, happens quite often with this medicine, that this medicine can bring up um, like deeply traumatic memories for people. And I'm especially referring to like abuse, sexual abuse, childhood sexual abuse, um, abuse within the family, by family members, things like that. When people, when something like this surfaces, 
like people experience a type of emotional flooding they are obviously processing the the shock factor of the experience and sometimes in those moments if you don't have guidance you 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 want to you know go and like um face your family with the truth and have the conversations or whatever when when you are like really not in a space to process that with your family right now and uh, this can cause you know even more pain you know when you are acting out from these places that's that's also another reason why it's important that you have professional container and guidance in the integration and you have support when something like this happens in your process that that somebody is supporting you to go through the process and once you are like calm and grounded and you know centered yourself then you can decide you know how you want to communicate about it or who you want to talk to or what you want to do about it concerning other people you know but this oftentimes very difficult to do because you are emotionally in such a state when you are not thinking clearly so let us know if if uh, anything like this ever happened to you, if uh, anything um, life-changing came up for you, like <clears throat> what did you do to address that? Did you have somebody who could help you to process? And um, yeah, share, share with us your story. So I think it just came to my mind, Alex, as you were talking about it. So what would you say to kind of wrap it up for today you, is kind of the biggest failure of integration? I mean, there is no failure. Maybe that's not the right word because everything happens for a reason, right? And it's a learning experience. But but in terms of if this is the purpose of integration, then you totally didn't achieve <laughs> Like what, what, what do you think would that be? How would that look like so people can recognize that I didn't integrate at all? Yeah, well, actually, I did want to bring up one other thing, um, which is which I think is really important, um, which is taking everything literally that um, that comes up in ceremony. I think that's an important one to highlight because it's probably the most common pitfall. Um, so many messages, insights, visions happen in ceremony and um, people who don't have experience with altered states or working in with the unconscious or working with their consciousness in, in different ways with different traditions or practices, which, you know, most people in the kind of modern urban world don't, unless they have a, a past lineage or practice they work with, they can assume and we can assume that these are literal transmissions of truth from the divine or from the medicine, when in, in reality, the medicine's working with your consciousness and using everything available to try to convey meaning, but it isn't always literal or linear or obvious. It's much more like a dream. That's that's usually the what I kind of recommend people think about it as like, if you had this show up in a dream, would you act on it right away as literal truth? Or would you you'd probably sit and reflect on the dream and what could that mean? And what could that imagery mean? What could that symbolism mean? And so um, taking everything literally can cause a lot of problems and send you down some wrong paths. Um, and so it's best to really, um, if you get, a, whether it's a, a troubling or inspiring message that's symbolic or visual in nature um, or insight that, you know, it's not clear, but I got this message 
spend time unpacking it and reflecting on it and, and, and look at it from different angles. What could it mean? Because it's not always the literal definition, right? It could be symbolic. It could be metaphorical. And, and that will save you a lot of trouble, actually, I think. Yeah, and I think this comes to especially, you know, sexual abuse and this kind of stuff, because it is true that you can have like a memory fragment or something or a visual image of maybe a, of a situation that actually was not happening in real life. Mm -hmm. So in this kind of situation, you just need professional support because there are ways for therapists to see, you know, there's other signs of th these types of traumas and you have to present, you know, other signs and other factors have to be in alignment with that to say that, okay, that's, that's kind of big possibility that that is true. Or we can say that, no, that's very likely that it is very simple. It can probably refer to something because all the other factors are missing that would kind of reinforce this message. So just the message, you can't take just the message. You know, you have to have other factors to kind of verify it. And definitely so true that with this medicine is very symbolic, you know, and and, and it doesn't communicate that that linear way, that uh, intellectual way that we most people are used to. So it can be misinterpreted very um, easily. And that's what we do in the integration, making sense out of your experience. That's what really happens. You know, there is exactly. dedicated time for that. So, yeah, let us know if you if you received any crazy messages and if any of them came true for you so yeah let's go back to what is what is uh what does it mean how does it look like when you failed your integration process um i think the the biggest sign that you um kind of skipped the integration process and really didn't work with it is you go back to the ceremony and you get the exact same message you go back and you're dealing with the exact same things and nothing has changed that to me is a, a good sign of you didn't really do your homework when you went home. And, you know, that's a missed opportunity because if you do your homework, you go back, you'll get different insights, different lessons. You progress further in your life versus retreading the same material in ceremony or in the retreat. Um, so that I think is a telltale sign. I've seen it many, many times. And usually it's because they, the person didn't make any changes at home and they didn't work with that process of what does this mean? What do I do? How do I make these changes? And then taking, taking action. Um, and it's, you know, also to me, this is just my opinion, but it's also not respectful of the medicine because the medicine is literally giving of itself. We're chopping down these vines to cook it. Um, and it's, it's a gift of its life to help us. And if we're drinking it and we're not taking action on it, you're not respecting the medicine. You're not doing your part. It's doing its part, but you're not doing your part. So I think that's a, a pretty telltale sign. So beautifully said. Yeah, it's a misuse of medicine, or you can say even abuse of the medicine if, if you just keep drinking and not doing your part. I always say to my clients that this is a team effort, <laughs> you know, 
I'm here, the spirit of medicine is here, you're here, and we all have to put in 100% to get the 100% results. And, you know, the medicine did the part to expand your awareness and, and to show you what you need to work on. And now it's your turn to, to do that work. And it's my turn to help you to do that work. And, and then that's why I have such an amazing results in my program, because, you know, I, I, I only take people who understand this, you know, and who are really committed because because otherwise nothing is going to happen. And, and it's so true what you said that I think that would be the biggest red flag is just not nothing really changes in your life. Like um, anybody who went through a real integration went through a dark night of the soul. So when I talk to people and say, yeah, I, I did integration already and stuff. And I'm like asking, oh, tell me about like, your dark night of the soul and they are like well what is that exactly and I'm like if you would be have been through it you wouldn't ask this question I guarantee that you know you wouldn't have any doubt was that a dark night of the soul you would know for sure that you passed through that you would have a type of hero's hero's journey experience you know really and uh, and and the story you know wow this is what happened and then I moved country and I changed profession and my relationships totally transformed and 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 all the people you know who did this type of work have these type of stories I have this type of story Alex has this type of story you know and that's why we can talk about it for so many hours <laughs> So if if nothing changes in your life, in your relationship, if you are in the same toxic places, toxic relationship, if you are in a job that you hate, if you have the same challenges, the same pain points in your life, even though you keep going and drinking medicine, that you are missing the point, you are not doing your integration and I recommend you stop drinking medicine immediately and dive into your integration process and get, get a professional guide to, to help you with that and just watch your life transform from that moment because um, this, is, this is what it's uh, really about. And uh, I think that is the gift of the medicine for me that makes these changes possible. The medicine for me made change is possible that I don't, I, I personally don't believe that I would have been able to make because I couldn't access the root of my problem. I, for me, it was this suppressed memory into amnesia that I didn't remember that I, I, after 20 years of therapy in the alternative field, not like traditional psychotherapy, I still didn't have, I didn't reach that root and the medicine helped me to access you know the, that route but I cannot tell you how much time I spent on that how much how, how many hours of additional therapy and treatments and helpful people helped me to actually process that and what went into it so the change could be created you know and it wasn't after the ceremony, like when the whole thing went down for me, you know, from that, I would say when things really started to positively manifest in your life, that was like a year and a half after, you know, the whole thing, after that, all that internal work, after all that uh, just therapy and everything that I needed to do to actually move through that and 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 change you know things in my life that that will create like real change so 
Um, I always say to people in my program that don't even expect to have visible changes in the first couple of months because all the work that you do is internal, is energetic, is emotional, is mental. Is so it will take time to actually manifest in, in, in your physical reality, you know, and, and that's normal. And that's another reason for to, to consider that this is a longer process. And uh, it's, it's possible to completely change your life. Like go to my website, check out the testimonials on my YouTube channel. Like my previous clients, we talked for like an hour about their process, their experience, and you can see where they were and where they are now, you know, thanks to this process and thanks to their dedication to this work, that their commitment, you know, like I don't take clients on who are not committed 100% to do this because I know that it's so hard, this process, that if you are not really in for it, you know, and warrior mode, you're not going to do it. You're not going to complete it. That's why not many people do it, you know. So if it would be just so easy and then right then the whole world would just drink the medicine and happy happy go lucky but but it's it's not like that and I think that that's everything in life you know in the west we have this quick fix idea we have this uh give me more you know these obsessions and um and this type of greed and it's really it's the opposite you know that we have to do here to slow down to look inside to face you know some parts of ourselves and um and and then if you do that you can totally change your life you know i'm i'm like a living example of that i grew up in communist hungary you know and i live in the caribbean i have my own practice i love what i do i never imagined you know that i will do something like this i will end up in this life but i was so committed you know to my process and i still am you know it's 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 an ongoing thing here we are with alex we are doing this for free to put information out to educate people to share our experience because we are committed we we are passionate about this we we value this so much that's why we are here you know sharing this all with you so let us know if if this is helpful for you if if you learn any helpful tips and practices let us know where you are on your path what you need help with what you want to hear about so we can come up with uh, topics that you are interested in and uh, yeah just connect with us through uh, the comments so yeah I'm gonna just give it back to Alex to say a few words you know to wrap it up if any last message about this topic that you want to share with our audience uh that was beautifully put um I think the the only thing I would say is the the deeper the work that you do, that inner journey, the bigger the transformation in your life. And that really is the the, the theme. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so well said. Um, Alex, do you have something uh, in your agenda that you would like to share with people, something you are doing or offering? Do you have any places to take clients on if somebody wants to work with you because they mm -hmm. love your approach? Uh, yes, absolutely. I, I, I love doing this work. So if this you know feels like something you want um, professional help with, I'm definitely available for that. Um, I have a website, transcendentcouncil.com. It's the easiest way to get in touch with me. Awesome. And you are in the Bay Area? I am. I'm in Berkeley in California. 
Yes, awesome. So if you want to uh, personally connect with Alex uh, for therapy, then then you can reach him there. I'm in Mexico if you wish to come to Mexico, but my program is online. So uh, actually, I have a lot of people from the States and Canada. So if you're interested in my ayahuasca assisted therapy program and you want to do this personal deep dive for yourself then just connect with me through my website avatarhealingarts.com for a free consultation to see if this is the the right match for you and this is uh, a good uh, or if you feel called to join us on this this path of service and to become an ayahuasca integration guide like alex or myself then check out the first ayahuasca integration facilitator training we are starting next april there is still places for the early bird i think uh, i don't know what when this podcast will go out but we have an early bird prize and yeah connect with me for a free discovery call if if, if you want to uh, if you resonate with this, if you, if the medicine calls you to support others in their integration process, because this is the first training actually that is focusing on ayahuasca integration. So we are so excited to offer that. And uh, there is already four places taken. So there's eight more places. So if you feel the call, please connect with me and stay tuned for our next episode. Definitely we'll be back with Alex again and uh, leave us a comment, subscribe, share this episode and have a wonderful day thank you for being here alex thank you nina always a pleasure thank you for listening and leave a comment if you enjoyed this episode help us grow our community by sharing this episode with your friends and subscribe to our channel to receive the latest on ayahuasca assisted therapy to embark on your healing journey or to start a new career in psychedelic assisted therapy go to my website, avatarhealingarts.com and get in touch. And of course, stay tuned for the next episode.